Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. There's a quote attributed to the violinist Yasha Heifetz in which he says that we should always be happy when performing. After all, if things are going well, we should be happy that things are going well. And if things are going badly, each note we play gets us closer to the end, so we should be happy about that too. Still, it's no fun to be stuck on stage feeling like we're having a bad day, cringing at every botched shift and cracked note which just leads to a downward spiral of negativity and increasingly uninspired playing as a tiny part of us curls up into a ball and contemplates giving up, wondering why we even bother to try. Of course, a week or month or even decade later, when curiosity gets the better of us and we screw up the courage to listen to a recording of the performance, it's often pleasantly surprising how decent we sound, how we can't even find the horrible things that we are initially mortified by, and how many nice moments there are that we didn't even remember. So what's the deal? Is it possible that we really do sound a lot better in the moment than we think? To learn more about how we perceive the quality of our performances, an interdisciplinary group of researchers ran a study involving 21 undergraduate and graduate level piano students. Each student was videotaped doing a complete run-through of their repertoire in two different situations, a dress rehearsal and a performance. So not something contrived specifically for the study, but a real honest-to-goodness performance that they would have had to give anyway. Following their concert performances, the students completed an evaluation form designed to help them compare the quality of their concert performance to the quality of their dress rehearsal run-throughs. Ranging from memory to tempo to sound quality and expressiveness, they evaluated the degree to which their performance was worse better, or the same as their dress rehearsal in eight different areas. But the researchers carefully manipulated the timing of their self-evaluations. Each student completed one evaluation immediately after their performance, and then a second evaluation sometime later while watching the recording of their performance, to compare their perception and memory of their performance versus the reality of how well they played given an actual recording of the performance. Meanwhile, a professional pianist completed the same comparative evaluation of the student's rehearsal and concert performances while reviewing video of the concert performances. 
Then the students' ratings and professionals' ratings were compared to gauge the accuracy of the students' self-ratings. You can probably guess what happened. The highest correlation was between the professional pianist's evaluation and the students' evaluations that they did while reviewing the video. The lowest correlation was between the professionals' evaluations and the students' evaluations that were completed based on just their memory of the performance before they had had a chance to watch their performance video. So all in all, the data suggests that the performers were able to evaluate the quality of their performances more accurately when they did so based on a video of their performance. When relying on just their memory of the performance, their evaluations were less accurate. And why the difference? Well, the major difference between dress rehearsal and concert performances, of course, is the amount of anxiety we experience. Could it be, perhaps, that our nerves make a difference in how we perceive the quality of our playing? Well, a Canadian group of researchers conducted a study of college students to see what role anxiety might play in the accuracy of our self-perceptions. So they took a class of 333 students and gave them a social anxiety assessment to identify those who experienced the most and least anxiety in social situations. The high and low socially anxious students were then asked to give an impromptu speech in front of an observer and video camera, told that the recordings would be shown to other students at a later time. Essentially, the social phobic's worst nightmare, like that dream where you get to the concert hall for first rehearsal and discover that you prepared the wrong concerto. Both the high anxious and low anxious groups completed self-evaluations of their speech in several areas. The interesting ones were related to performance quality and, quote, presenter impression. In other words, how they thought they came across to others. And as predicted, the high anxious folks had lower self-ratings than the low anxious folks. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because maybe their nerves really did cause their performances to suffer, right? Well, to check this out, two independent observers watched and rated both groups' speeches. And after controlling for these observer ratings, it turned out that the high anxious folks do indeed have a bit of a self-evaluation bias. As in, the more anxious we are, the worse we tend to think we're performing, even if it's not necessarily true. It seems that we let the experience of anxiety and how anxiety feels affect our perception of how we are performing in the moment, kind of like having a pair of anxiety goggles which bias how we see the world. The thing is, as tight or shaky or nervous as we might be, we can still play at a pretty high level. It might feel like everything is about to fall to pieces in our world, but people on the outside often remain completely oblivious because we often appear much more at ease and in control than we actually feel. So if you want to avoid triggering the downward spiral of negativity and doomsday thinking, don't try to evaluate how well you were playing in the middle of a performance. Instead, make sure to record your performance so that you can give yourself permission to stay in the moment and just play on stage and delegate all of that evaluative stuff to future you when you're at home. And maybe don't dwell on a performance and make yourself feel miserable on the drive home either. Give yourself a day or two to clear your head first, and then listen to the recording. Because if you're going to beat yourself up about something, not that I recommend that, you should probably make sure it's about a mistake that really did come across like you thought it did. As Mark Twain once said, quote, I've lived through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And if you found the episode helpful, 
Please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week.